Welcome to Zenly Organized, a podcast that helps entrepreneurs better organize themselves, optimize their time, and boost their productivity so they can scale their business serenely. My name is Sarah, and here I talk about organization and productivity tips, goal setting, habit formation, biological rhythms, personal development, mindset, self-care, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave a review. Now, sit comfortably, grab a drink, and get ready to zenly organize your business. Hello, Zen Organizer. I hope you're well. Uh, so today I want to start this episode with a question for you. So when you hear the word organization, what comes to your mind? Do the words rigid, boring, type A, perfection, time-consuming, difficult, pop-up, Um, so if one of these words came up, um, probably, uh, you have some misconceptions about what organization is and what being organized mean. It's normal. We all have these, um, misconceptions, especially if, um, we don't, uh, we don't consider ourselves organized. Um, so today I just wanted to debunk Uh, some of the myths about organization and being organized uh, and so because some of these myths might be keeping you uh, from getting organized and I think this is really uh, sad because being organized can really help you live a much better life. Uh, so yeah, let's start with uh, these myths and um, see if I can help you Uh, if I can convince you to become more organized. So the first uh, myth I wanted to talk about, I say myth, but it can be a misconception or, um, you know, a false belief. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the first one I wanted to talk to you about is that um, the one, one that we hear very often is that some people are born organized and that either like you're not one of these Uh, people. So, of course, there are uh, some people that have uh, more propensity to being organized. Uh, for example, I have to say that I am, uh, I think I've always been uh, quite organized. I've always liked being organized. And so it, it might be easier for me But just, uh, or for, you know, other people <laughs> like me that kind of like being organized and that kind of do it more easily. But just like anything else, organization is a skill and every skill can be learned and mastered. So this is not something that you should uh, think as uh, uh, like either you have it or it's impossible for you to get it because It's not, it's not an innate quality that cannot be acquired later on. So, of course, I'm not saying that it is easy, <laughs> that it will be easy, and that you won't have to make some changes to become organized, but I do believe that anyone can become organized. Of course, the question is, are you ready to make the necessary efforts to get there? Uh, you know, if the answer in is yes then you'll get there. And I really encourage you to, to try and become more organized because 
it will help you make your life so much easier. You'll become more efficient, more productive. You lose less time. You lose less energy. You'll even lose less money. So um, if this is something you know you'd like to to do to become more organized, I'm telling you, you can. Even if you don't think you are, even if you, right now you don't see yourself as an organized person, you can definitely get there. And I mean. Um, it's not as hard as it seems um, becoming organized and staying organized because that's one of the <laughs> struggles is mostly a question of building a system that works for you and also integrating habits and routines that will help you um, make organization a part of your life. But seriously, it's not as hard as it seems. And I repeat, Everybody can become organized, so you can uh, become organized as well. And the second myth I wanted to uh, talk about today is that uh, organization or getting organized is time-consuming. So, to uh, explain why I think this is false, uh, there is no better quote than this quote by Benjamin Franklin, I think, to uh, demonstrate how organization can uh, really be a time saver. And this quote says that for every minute spent organizing, an hour is earned. And I so completely agree with this quote um, because organize, uh, organizing your time and your tasks will help you save time and energy for so many reasons. The first one is that, you know, when you organize your day, when you plan your days uh, or your tasks, you don't lose time wondering what you should do because you've already thought about it beforehand. So that's why I really recommend planning your week uh, either, you know, right before um, finishing work on Friday evening or on Sunday evening, uh, just like taking a few minutes to plan your week and every day at the end of the day, taking a few minutes to plan the following day, because this way you will get, you know, either on Monday morning or first thing in the morning, um, you will already know what you have to do. And so you won't have to lose time wondering what you should do, what you should do first, you know, what's the most important. You will already have done that uh, beforehand. So you will just get there and be ready to get right away into your uh, work. Uh, the second reason is that um, when you plan, when you organize, you do things in a thoughtful manner and also in a thoughtful order because you've had time to plan all your tasks calmly. So, you know, you've had time to think about, oh, does it make more sense to do this before that? Uh, what is my priority? What do I absolutely need to get done? Okay, this thing, so I, this will be my first task. Um, then it would make more sense to do these tasks in this order because, you know, uh, it will. it's the most logical process. Uh, if you need to get approvals, if you need to contact people, you know, you need uh, certain tasks done before others, etc. So, by planning, you will make sure that you do the things in the correct order, in the most efficient order, which will make you save lots of time and also energy and maybe even money in your business, for example, if you um, do it in the correct order, uh, whether than doing it um, in the wrong order, having to go back, maybe losing money because you did something that was useless, you know, so this is really a huge, huge benefit of planning and organizing. 
Also, of course, if you plan, if you uh, organize yourself and your tasks, you tend not to forget to do things. So that's, of course, I'm not saying that organization is bulletproof and that if you're an organized person, you never forget to do anything. (laughs) You know, it's not being organized doesn't mean being perfect. You do make some mistakes, you do forget things. But if you plan, if you make to-do lists, it's much harder to forget to do some things because you know you have been a you have you have had the time to think about everything you have to do you have decided when you'll do it so it's a bit harder to forget uh, to do some things this way uh, also planning and organizing uh, will help you uh, save time as I said a bit before but uh, like on losing time and energy uh, correcting mistakes you've made because you didn't plan uh, correctly so if you you know if you don't plan your projects if you don't plan your tasks it's much easier to make mistakes and as I said um, this will cost you time energy and sometimes even money another really great advantage of organization for me this is one of the most important ones is that it reduces your mental load because when you keep everything in your head and you try to do, uh, you know, you don't write anything down, you don't plan, it's really hard to be efficient. And it's it's really stressful to keep everything in your mind. So by writing down everything you have to do, uh, you know, kind of going through your list, seeing what really has to get done, what you should, you, what you could maybe delegate to someone, maybe even de- delete some of your tasks because then you realize that they're not really useful. Um, and, you know, planning your weeks and your months and your projects and seeing if it's realistic to do everything you have to do, it will be so much easier to reduce the mental load you have and, you know, make space in your brain for other things <laughs> that your brain is meant for. So, you know, Uh, doing logical thinking, solving problems. So really, organization kind of allows you to take all this load off of your brain and um, like liberate space space in your brain for you to do other things. So really, uh, if you feel stressed all the time, if you feel like you always have to carry the world on your shoulder, maybe you need to be a bit more organized and plan a little bit more um, to reduce that stress. Um, another really great advantage of planning and organization is that it diminishes the decision fatigue caused by having to take decisions. So decision fatigue is the, the fact that we are we kind of have only a limited space or energy daily to make decisions. And the more decisions we have to make, the more decision fatigue we have and the harder it becomes to make good decisions. So the fact is that when you organize yourself ahead, you kind of batch your decisions. So, you know, I love batching. I've talked about it in (laughs) quite a few episodes uh, by now. Uh, It's the fact, um, it's uh, productivity techniques that consist in in grouping similar tasks together to reduce um, the time and energy it takes you to focus on a task. So when you plan and organize your days uh, in advance, what you do is you batch the decisions you have to take 
most of the decisions anyways, because this way, you know, already where, when you have to do what, in what order, what are your priorities? You've all, you, you do all this thinking at once. So this way, during the week, during the day, you don't have to think about what should I do next. You already know. You just have to open up your calendar and look, okay, yeah, it's true. Now I have to do this. Okay, let's do this. You know, you don't have to decide what you have to do. So this helps reduce so much the decision fatigue. And if you are a business owner, you know that you have to make a lot of decisions every day. So by planning your days and organizing your tasks um, all at once, or, you know, uh, at once during the day or at once uh, during the week, it will help you um, make more space for more decisions, important decisions that you will need to make. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, uh, if, um, you know, you ha you're a manager or you're a, a mother, a father, you know, we have to make so many decisions every day. So by organizing and planning, you reduce at least the number of, ta of decisions you have to make for, you know, what you have to do on the daily, on the daily basis. And finally, the last advantage, uh, I think, uh, well, there are probably others, but those are the ones <laughs> I came up with, um, is that it decreases your stress levels. Uh, as I already mentioned that a little bit, because, you know, by reducing your mental load, reducing decision fatigue, it's kind of a collateral effect is that it decreases also your stress levels. Um, also because, you know, you get, when you plan and organize your, your tasks, you tend to, uh, be aware of your deadlines and plan things accordingly. So everything gets done in a timely manner and you don't have to always be, uh, doing things, uh, at the last minute and always struggling to uh, meet your deadlines. So this reduces stress a lot. So now maybe you understand why I called uh, my business Zenly Organized, because <laughs> I really believe that organization can help you become more zen, more relaxed, um, because it does. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to touch upon something here, um, because, you know, uh, going back to the fact that um, it seems that organization is time consuming. I mean, it does seem more uh, time consuming than being disorganized because you actually, you know, set some time in your day to uh, deal with your organization. You know, you kind of decide, okay, I'll take 15 minutes at the end of the day or maybe 30 minutes on Sunday evening to organize my day or organize my week. And so you're like, oh, this takes a lot of time. You know, I'm actually, I actually have to dedicate this time to uh, my organization. But um, the thing is that disorganization is, on the contrary, pervasive because you don't notice how much time it eats away because, you know, it kind of makes you lose a little bit of time, but all throughout the day. So it seems like being disorganized takes you less time because you don't dedicate those 15, 30 or more minutes to your organization, but it's worse because you kind of, you lose track of how much time and also energy it makes you lose because it's a little bit here, it's a little bit there. And, you know, maybe you lose on like in total every day, like more than 15 minutes 
uh, well, actually, you absolutely, <laughs> you certainly lose more than 15 minutes um, by because of disorganization. Just think about all the times you're like, oh, what should I do now? And the, by the time you you find what you want to do, uh, five, ten minutes have passed. Um, when you're looking for your things, you know, I'm talking mostly about um, kind of mental organization today, but also physical organization. If you're always looking for your things Think about all the time you lose just trying to find that document or just trying to find uh, that object that you need really badly at that moment. And, you know, just like the time you lose not thinking about uh, also a stupid example, when you go to the grocery store, if you don't go with a list and don't know what you will cook, how much time do you lose doing grocery shopping? I personally spend like 20 minutes grocery shopping every week because I know exactly what I need. I know exactly what I'll cook. So I just go and grab things and I'm in and out in like 20 minutes, I swear. Like, so, uh, whereas if I go there, sometimes it happens that I go there. I'm like, I didn't have time to plan or something. Yes, it does happen to me too. <laughs> and, uh, it takes me at least double the time because I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. What should I do? Oh, I could do this. Oh, okay. Then I need this. And then, you know, you go and, Oh no, you're like, Oh, I forgot to take this in the first aisle. So you have to go back and, you know, so these are all examples of how much time and energy being disorganized um, will cost you. But as I said, it's a little, um, um, it's pernicious because you don't know exactly how much time you lose, but I can guarantee you that it is way more than you would um, if you had been organized. Okay, so after this uh, very intense plea for organization, I don't know if you can feel <laughs> how passionate I am about this. Uh, so let's move on to the third um, misconception I wanted to talk about today, which is that being organized stifles creativity. So I don't know why, but for many people, organization rhymes with rigidity and boredom. Uh, and... Um, I think that's absolutely untrue. <laughs> I believe that organization, on the contrary, allows for more flexibility and creativity than disorganization. Because first of all, being organized allows you to save way more time on dull and especially non-creative tasks. So this way you can have more free time to nourish your creativity. So think about um, accounting, for example, you know, keeping your books. This is kind of a dull and non-creative task. But if you don't have a system in place to deal with that, well, it will take you hours to do your... Uh, your budget, to review your finances, etc. Whereas if you're organized in that, then you have way more time and energy to then go and uh, write that article or, you know, go and do some painting, you know, or whatever activity that does um, generate creativity. And to illustrate this, I love this quote by Gustave Flaubert, where he says, to be regular and orderly in your life so that you may be violent and original in your work. So, you know, just kind of, I interpret it as be organized, be regular, be orderly in, you know, the boring things, the things that don't require um, creativity, that don't create require flexibility. And so this way, you can be creative and flexible and, you know, just 
let yourself go when it is the right kind of tasks to do so. Also, disorganization, whether physical or mental, can hinder your creativity because there are already too many stimuli in your mind or physical environment when you're disorganized. Um, you know, you we always have this image of the artist that has things everywhere and everything, but I don't think you can actually create if you have a disorganized mind, a disorganized space, because you don't You know, it's like painting on a canvas that is already full of things. How can you create something if you don't have the space mentally and physically to do so? So I don't really agree with this image that, oh, to be creative, you need to be disorganized uh, and to have things around and, you know, to be always uh, full of thoughts and everything. I consider myself a creative person but I'm still organized. You know, I am creative when I need to be and I can be <laughs> and I am organized when it is better to be organized. I don't think the, they go, um, they are necessarily opposites. Finally, this is something that kind of really gets on my nerves. I mean, who said that planning and organization have to be set in stone? I have a, some spoiler alert for you here. Even the most curated plan will probably suffer some changes and that's perfectly normal. No plan is ever, or at least not in my experience, is ever carried exactly as it was planned. So it's normal to change plans and to have um, flexibility. And here, I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying because maybe you're like, well, okay, if the plans don't uh, go as planned, then why plan at all? Well, <laughs> you plan and organize to have a general idea of what you have to do and when you should or have to do it. But, you know, things happened and plans change. And so your planning and your organization must be flexible. Otherwise, they're useless. So it's important to remember that organization absolutely does not equal, equal rigidity. On the contrary, your organization has to be flexible and that because that's how it will be efficient. And to illustrate that, I just want to give you an example. I hear a lot of times uh, entrepreneurs telling me, yeah, but Sarah, uh, if I have, if I create um, a, a content Uh, calendar and I plan my posts ahead, I feel like it kills my creativity. And I think that this is not true because if you have a content calendar and if you don't know what a content calendar is, I talked about it in uh, the last episode about uh, managing social media, but um, basically it's where you keep all uh, keep track of all your ideas for your future uh, posts. Um, so you having a content creator will not stifle your creativity because your calendar is there to help you plan your posts and have an idea of what to post at all times. But that plan can change and my content calendar changes all the time. You know, I try to do my content calendar for the quarter, but then of course, over the three months, I do switch things around and it's not a problem. But the thing is, If I don't have any new ideas, you know, and I'm like, oh no, well, these are what 
uh, I want to plant. I do have these ideas. I don't run out of ideas and I all I at least always have something to post. Whereas if you only rely on your creativity to post on your social media accounts, well, the day where you don't have any idea, you can't post. And this is how uh, it's hard to stay consistent if you do it like that, because it happens not to have any ideas at the moment. So having your content calendar kind of helps you in these moments. Then if you have a new content idea, well, absolutely put it in your content calendar and just move the other posts you had already planned a bit further, you know, along the, um, the month or and you will always have, you will already have another idea for maybe next week or maybe next month or maybe next quarter. So it's absolutely not a problem. So really important here, um, like organization absolutely doesn't rhyme with rigidity. It has to be flexible. And also remember that to be creative, you need both organization and creativity, discipline and playfulness, and responsibility and irresponsibility. So, you know, you need both to be organized and to be creative. And this is not uh, I who says that, this is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, I hope I pronounced that right, <laughs> that said that in his book, Creativity, the Work and Lives of 91 Eminent People. So these do not go separately. Organization and creativity can definitely go hand in hand. So this is absolutely a myth. You should stop believing. <laughs> um, for the next uh, myth I, that I wanted to talk about is that you need to find the perfect organization system. So first of all, there is no perfect organization system because perfection doesn't exist. At least that's my opinion. Of course, you can disagree. <laughs> but for me, um, it's impossible to have something that is perfect, especially not an organization system, as we'll see in a bit. So um, I think that if this belief is preventing you from getting organized or really doing anything for that matter, because perfection does prevent many people of doing many things, really let it go. <laughs> Stop believing that and just try. And even if there were such a thing as perfection, I don't think there would be a perfect organization system because there is no one size fits all when it comes to organization. We're all different. We all have different needs, different personalities, different ways of thinking, different lifestyle. I mean, we're all different. So, you know, you have to really find what works for you and not what works for somebody else. And um, so it's normal, you know, that if you try the latest trendy organization system and that is, doesn't work for you as it is, don't get discouraged because it's normal. What works for someone might not work for you. So it's important that you tweak it, adapt it to your needs, make it yours, and then see how it goes. And only then can you decide whether or not it works for you. And for me, another element that makes it impossible to find the perfect organization system is that our lives are always changing. So you might be able to find an organization system that fits your needs uh, almost perfectly for a while, but then almost inevit inevitably something 
in your life will change and then your system won't work as well anymore. And it's totally normal. Uh, You don't have to get discouraged because you only need then to adapt your system to your new needs. You know, it's not... um, You don't have to start from the ground. You just have to kind of adapt it and see how it goes. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, organization systems are not meant to be set in stone. They're meant to be flexible and adaptable. So really, I don't think you should strive to find the perfect organization system. You should really just try to find an organization system that will keep evolving and that will correspond to your needs of the moment. And because of that, you won't be perfectly, uh, perfectly between quotation marks, (laughs) organized uh, right from the start, you know, because becoming organized takes a little bit of time. And um, so, you know, don't get discouraged, just start small, stay consistent, and you will get there and you'll see that your organization system will get better in time and will reach almost perfection at some point. And we're finally at the last myth I wanted to talk about today, which is that it's hard to become and stay organized. So here, I'm not going to lie, (laughs) depending on how disorganized you, you are, it might take some time to become organized, because of course it depends where you start from. But I guarantee that it will still be more beneficial to get organized and stay organized than uh, being disorganized. So, you know, I know it might not be very encouraging now, but I really think it is worth it. So the hardest part uh, to become and stay organized is really to create a system. But once this is in place, staying organized only requires you to incorporate your new organization uh, habits into your routine. And these don't have to be like super difficult or super time consuming. So um, I know I've been talking a lot about or uh, like creating an organization system and you might just be wondering, okay, Sarah, but what's a system? Uh, Especially what's an organization system? So for me, a system is a set of tools, processes, strategies, and even people that work together to achieve a goal or an end result. So you probably have some kind of um, system already in place, but uh, it might not be the best system yet because you can always make it better. (laughs) Other important characteristics of your system are also that it must be personalized. As I said, it has to to correspond to your needs, your personality, your lifestyle, etc. It has to be simple because if it's too complex, you'll give up very quickly. It has to be efficient and effective. Of course, you want it to uh, have some impact and, you know, have some uh, results. So what do you need to build an efficient organization system? So there are a few steps. Uh, I've identified six and I'll guide you through it. Of course, if you want to uh, kind of Uh, do this uh, for your organization system, uh, build one or make sure yours is efficient, Um, I will have all the steps listed on the episode transcript if you want to go and check that out at zenlyorganized.com. So the first step is to identify your needs. So, you know, what do you need to organize? 
what are some restrictions you have? Uh, for example, uh, you know, do you have kids? Uh, well, I mean, when I mean restrictions, uh, it's more in terms of, you know, what could uh, prevent you from getting organized or doing everything you want to do the way you do it. So do you have some kids, for example, or in your business, uh, do you have some budgetary uh, restrictions? Do you have some space restrictions? You know, just things that could uh, prevent you from um, building your organization system or that you have to take into account in your organization systems. And also, what are your goals in terms of organization? Uh, so if your house is a complete disaster, for example, you might want to start with one room instead of just kind of putting, uh, reorganizing the whole house. Or if um, also, you know, your business, you have no processes into place whatsoever. You don't have any tools. You're using just like a pen and per a paper, for example, and nothing else. Um, you know, just start with small goals and, you know, maybe start with an area, either of your house, of your business, and then go from there. As I said, your business, uh, your organization system, sorry, will evolve and it's better to start small, but stay consistent and work your way up to building your whole system. Uh, the second uh, step is to list the activities or areas you want to organize. So as I just mentioned, for example, for your professional activities, it might be administrative tasks, uh, marketing and sales, for example, and for uh, personal activities, it might be preparing meals, cleaning the house, uh, organizing the garage, you know, all of the activities or areas that you want to organize. Then uh, you should analyze your current systems for these activities, because even if you haven't kind of thoughtfully thought about it, um, you probably already have some systems for all your activities. So, um, for example, you should ask yourself, what processes do you use? And I remind you that a process is a list of tasks that you do one after the other to reach uh, an end goal or a result. So um, if you have a process, for example, for um, writing your blog articles, you know, first research ideas, then um, write a draft maybe, then you know, edit uh, the draft, uh, then do the final um, writing. I'm saying things randomly, yeah. <laughs> then you maybe have to do the layout, add in some pictures, blah, 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 do the SEO, etc., etc. So this could be a process, for example. So you probably already have kind of lists of actions that you do one after the other for most of your activities, but, um, you know, just kind of uh, list all the processes you already have and that you already use. Then list the tools that you use. So, uh, for example, if uh, for your business, you probably have a um, marketing uh, platform for your emails, um, a productivity tool or like a to-do list manager, a task manager, sorry, for your tasks. You could have um, a scheduling app for your social media, you know, anything that you use to organize your business or for your personal life as well. Uh, then what strategies, tips, techniques do you use? So for example, on Instagram, do you have a specific strategy to, uh, uh, or, or like a specific content strategy? Do you do some things uh, to get more uh, engagement? 
Do you have some tips that you, you know, for example, the Gary V $1.80 technique, for example, that would be one. So just list everything, um, all those strategies, tips or techniques that you use. And then finally, uh, list who is in charge of all like of each activity. So for example, if you're a solopreneur and you're the only one in your business, you're probably in charge of all the tasks. But if you have a virtual assistant, for example, then maybe that person deals with emails and, um, you know, like administrative tasks. So just make sure that you know who does what in uh, all your activities. Then the fourth step to build a good uh, system is, of course, to improve your systems. So for each activity and each aspect of your systems, which I repeat are processes, your tools, your strategies and the people, evaluate whether you can eliminate something. So maybe you have, uh, for example, two tools that do very similar things. Maybe you can only use one and eliminate the other one. Uh, Can you delegate some of these activities? So if you already have a virtual assistant, maybe you could delegate even more. Or if you don't have a virtual assistant, maybe you should get one to make sure that you focus on what you're very, on what you're really good at. And that person deals with all the tasks, administrative tasks, maybe that you don't enjoy and that you're not particularly uh, specialized at. Uh, Also evaluate whether you can postpone uh, some of their, your activities, some of your tasks. Um, for example, you know, if you're on uh, too many social media platforms, maybe you could postpone uh, publishing or, you know, being active on one of these platforms for a while just mm, to allow you to have more time to um, focus on the other ones and then maybe get back to it in a few months. Uh, can you automate it? Can you automate your activities? Um, for example, scheduling your posts, you can definitely automate that. You can automate so many things, for example, with Zapier, you know, when you uh, someone gets uh, like pays for one of your products or your offers with Zapier, you can have like a trigger that it gets, uh, it sends them their email with their um, receipt from uh, another like from Thrivecart, for example. And then uh, once they have received that, they get another email with the credentials to access, for example, your course or something. So, you know, you can automate so many things nowadays. So make sure that you do automate as much as possible. And then finally, can you combine some activities with other activities? So this is also known as batching. You know, I love batching. (laughs) So can you batch, for example, uh, all your um, finance activities? So maybe you take uh, an afternoon every month to uh, review your uh, revenues, your spendings, and then budget for the next month instead of doing it uh, a bit randomly, for example, or without have you know, uh, without having a precise date to do that, you can batch. You know, I'm a big fan of batching content creation, for example. So maybe you can batch uh, all the writing of your articles in one or two days uh, every month. Those are all examples, but you know, where can you improve your systems and become more productive? The fifth step is, of course, to experiment and measure the impacts of the changes. So to do that, uh, make sure you keep track 
of some measures that are linked to your goals. So for example, if um, you want your organization system to help you uh, liberate two hours every week, for example, well, make sure you do track how much time you spend on your business and see uh, you know, get um, the number of how many hours you used to work, how many hours you now work with these changes, and then try to see if you achieved your goal or not. Um, so you can do that with time, for example. You can also do this with expenses. Maybe you want to um, uh, to save on the programs you use. So if you want to save 100 uh, euros, well, maybe like by looking at all your tools, you were able to reduce the number of tools and subscriptions you have and therefore reach your goal. You can do that with your revenues. Maybe it allow you to get one more client. So it increased your revenues, you know? So just make sure that you keep track of some measures that will help you um, realize whether you have reached your goal or not. And then also, of course, list any problems, frictions, glitches, or frustrations that you've encountered with these new changes, because on step six, which is to assess and rectify, you will uh, be able to rectify and make sure that these um, problems don't come up uh, anymore. So uh, the final step, which I already said, is to assess and rectify. So you can ask yourself questions like, do these changes correspond to my needs? You know, uh, I thought it was better to do it this way, but does it really help me? Yes or no. Uh, did you reach your goals? You know, you, you set some goals in the first um, step of this uh, process. So did you reach them? Did you make progress on the measures you chose in five? So you know, same thing. And then, of course, you know, make the necessary improvements. Rectify. If something didn't go well, if something isn't working, go and redo step uh, four. And, you know, it's kind of a, a cycle that keeps continuing. And it might seem kind of complicated when I'm saying that with all these steps um, right now. And you might be like, oh my gosh, Sarah, you're crazy. I'm never going to do that. But it's actually a process you probably already do quite naturally and spontaneously. You know, it's just not as structured as I just uh, said, but usually when something doesn't work, we analyze what's not working. We change, we look for a solution and then we analyze whether the solution worked or not, and then we keep making um, changes. So, you know, it seems a bit complicated when I say it like that, but it really isn't. And, you know, you'll also rapidly see what works, what doesn't, and how you can adjust it. And, you know, it will become much more uh, efficient, this process, as you do it more often. And really, you know, kind of reviewing this um your organization system isn't something you should do like every week or every month. I think it's kind of um, good to do it at least once a year, especially for your business organization. Twice can be a good idea because a lot of things can happen in a year. But, you know, even for your personal organization, just try to um, go over that once a year. I mean, seriously, it takes one hour, two uh, max, but it can really help you uh, become much more efficient and have a system that is really tailored to your needs. So those were the five uh, myths I wanted to talk to you about. I really hope I've convinced you <laughs> that uh, being organized is a time saver 
an energy saver, even a money saver, and that it is worth the small or you know medium based on how disorganized you you are um effort that it will require initially to um you know set your system and then kind of uh get it going but seriously i do believe it's worth it and i will make your life much much easier um i'd love to know if you have any of these beliefs uh if uh, you still think you can't be organized um or that you know being organized is not worth all the effort it requires i'd really love to know uh so let me know in the you know in on instagram in the dms or you can send me an email i'd really love to know um if you still have these beliefs what is stopping you Uh, and maybe, you know, we can try and uh, see how we can change that. And also, if after this episode you're like, oh yeah, I'd love to become organized, but I'm not sure I can do that on my own, um, I do offer a coaching program uh, called Naturally Productive um, to help you build your personalized organization system that corresponds to your needs. So, you know, if you do think you need help to do that, I would gladly uh, help you so you can book a free discovery call um, to see whether uh, it kind of, it could be a right fit or not. I will leave the link in the description box. And um, yeah, I mean, I really wish you a zenly organized week. I hope I've convinced you to uh, either become more organized or even improve your organization system if you're already organized. I mean, I improve mine continuously. It's a work in progress, but uh, yeah, I really hope I help you a little bit. So I will see you in the next episode. And in the meantime, I wish you a lovely week. Bye. Thank you for listening until the end. You can go to zenlyorganized.com to find the episode's notes and all the mentioned resources. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave a review. It's a free and easy way to encourage the podcast. That's it for me today. I wish you a Zenly Organized Week and I'll see you for the next episode. Bye!